0: Are you in a place where you just need to rediscover your sparkle? Or maybe you want to find some happiness during these kind of crazy, kind of not cool times that we've been through, and you want to make 2021 the year in which you reclaim the control of what you can actually control to make your life that much better. Well, then this, my friend, is the podcast episode for you. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson. An entrepreneur, best selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about, so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you, and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. Julie Schuller is an author of 10 self-help and parenting books and a mama of two beautiful tiny humans. And she wants you to rediscover your sparkle. So she's on a mission to help busy people have all the love, energy, and fun they deserve without the guilt or overwhelm. And actually, Julie's a perfect example of putting yourself first and doing things for your joy over and above anything else. She lives with her family in New Zealand, where I am from, and you may find her trying to make the world's best chocolate brownie if you were to stumble across her on your visit to New Zealand, which I know right now so many people want to be doing. In this podcast episode, we talk about some quick tips to help you be rebelliously happy during dark times. We talk about why it's a good idea to create an apocalypse bucket list and ways to feel in control and be okay with not being in control during banana pants crazy times. And we also discuss how she went from losing her job as an accountant when she was six months pregnant to becoming a full-time author of 10 books just in the last five years, including overcoming imposter syndrome. There's so many beautiful juicy nuggets in this lighthearted, lovely interview. I think you're going to come away with some beautiful tips on how to basically. Feel back into who you are, what lights you up and how to have more fun, play and curiosity in your life and move away from some of these more negative, stressful times so that you can focus on what matters, which is totally the present moment and you. Julie Scholar, welcome to the Untapped Podcast. Hello, Natalie, fellow Kiwi. Yes, it's so lovely to have you here. And I know we're going to talk about all sorts of amazing things and have a lot of fun with it. But first off, I'd love for you to tell the listeners, how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? I learned to embrace my creativity and i've learned to
1: embrace my love of learning, which basically means I just do a deep dive on topics and tease out patterns and write books about them and people love my books and buy them
0: that is awesome and you've written ten books ten, ten books ten books, which is such a I've, mean I published ten, I've published ten books and there's a few books I have but not published but mm, yeah, <laughs> how many are waiting in the wings?
1: <laughs> well, there's nothing that I'm intending to publish. I just, I like writing books. So some of them get published and some of them do not get published.
0: <laughs> no, fair enough. And what took you down that publishing route all those years back? Like when did you first start writing and realize that this is the thing that you really, really wanted to pursue? I think I
1: always loved writing. I just put it out of my life for 20 years and even longer. You know how people, there's a lot of writers you meet and they say, oh, I love writing since childhood. And I was the same and I was always good at writing and I loved it. And then I just didn't do it for years and years. And then Hmm. I lost my job and I was six months pregnant in the corporate world. And I thought, well, I don't really want to go and try and find another job when I'm pregnant. I went to a coach and I said, I kind of want to write a book. And so then I had a baby. And then three months after I had a baby, I published my first book. So, Wow. (laughs) Luckily, she was my second baby. And unlike the first baby, uh, she was a good sleeper. So,
0: (laughs) yeah, I was going to say, how did you manage that? That's impressive. (laughs) That's amazing. And how did that feel when you published that first book? Yeah, it just felt surreal. Like I had a lot of limiting beliefs that
1: writing a book was going to take years and I needed all sorts of training or I needed to be a great writer before I could actually write a book. And all those got shoved away and I enrolled in a program that said we'll make you a bestseller within 90 days on Amazon and I was like okay let's give this a shot and um, they were wrong it
0: took 104 days I think <laughs> I was about to say did they deliver on their promise still 104 days not yeah. bad you know, most people sit on a book for years and actually never publish that's the thing um, more than anything else I tell aspiring writers anyone can
1: be a writer you're a writer if you write right But you're an author if you finish the book. So just finish. And you don't even have to press publish. There's books that I've written that I haven't pressed publish on. But if you finish the book, then you have options to publish or not publish.
0: So true. I always loved Stephen Pressfield's statement in his book Turning Pro about he was calling himself a writer for years and then he's like actually if I want to write this book I need to say that I'm an author and he got really serious about it and he said yeah I'm an author and I'm writing a book and that was actually the thing that got him past the line rather than just being kind of a hobbyist or yeah and I just love that aspect that you've talked about really really important and so fulfilling as well I think because writing the book is just one piece of it I've talked about this a lot in the podcast before then publishing it is another thing and then marketing it and the longevity of a book for evermore is you've really got a baby on your hands like once you birth it you've got a baby on your hands that grows up with you for life and you can do as much or as little with it you can put as much as you want into it and it may grow or you can sort of step back and let it do its thing I just think books are just such a fascinating medium. My background's accounting and I like assets and a book is not just one asset. What
1: I've learned is you create something, but it can be an ebook, It can be a print book. You can turn it into a workbook. You can turn it into an audio book. You can combine it with other books and make a box set. So this is exciting, right? I want people to finish their books. I don't want people to think further than that because it gets a little bit overwhelming. But I had no idea five years ago that I just recently made that first book into an audio book. And so that was a whole new level of learning and working out what I needed to do for that. So it's still exciting is what I'm trying to say.
0: Is this your full-time thing now as well? Like being a paid and published author and yeah, is it something that you've actually made part of your full-time work? This is what
1: I've been doing for the last five years. And yep. what we agreed on as a family that i do while I was raising, raising the kids as a side business.
0: So yep. kids first and writing the books. Yeah. Which I absolutely <laughs> love. And how hard was it to go from book one to book two? Because if it's been the last five years, you've published two a year. So obviously you're quite prolific now and you've got a rhythm and a process going on. How long did it take for that to be established?
1: What's amazing about creativity is once you finish a book, you think that's it. I just can't do it anymore. Like I'm (laughs) done. You might have this at the moment, you're kind of halfway through a book or yes. And you think I've just got nothing left. There's just nothing inside me. And then you sort of publish it and then you give yourself a little break. And then there's another idea and you're like, oh, I kind of like that idea. And then you just start writing again and everyone thinks, oh, it's going to be hard getting to the next and the next book. And it's just been so easy.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, because you're on that roll, I guess, and you know what to do. It actually keeps it fresh and you can roll into the next one. You've got the longevity of the other books. You've got an audience of people waiting for and interested in what are you going to produce next. So as you said, it almost becomes this self fulfilling thing of like people are waiting. A bit like JK Rowling. I noticed she has a new book out, a completely new character. And I imagine she's just got such a huge established fan base now, like bazillions around the world, that anytime a new book comes out, they're just waiting to see what does she imagine, what has she created. And she is probably going to be an instant success. For some more of us humble mortals over here, you know, (laughs) you can achieve the same sort of thing but in a slightly different level. So that must be pretty exciting for you as well. How important has that been? to build up an audience and an email list and a platform to go along with the books.
1: Yes. And again, like when I first wrote a book, all I cared about was finishing the book and publishing it. So if anyone's ever thinking about writing a book, please just finish your book and publish it. And then later on, you can think about the marketing and the email list and everything like that. So that's just come over time. And I have to say, there's people I've had on my journey since the start, but I pivoted. I wrote two parenting books and then I moved into self-help books. So I've completely forgotten your question. (laughs) I was just saying how important is it, I guess, to develop that platform? Oh, yes. So it took me two or three years to get the right platform to have the email list and kind of the gift that I wanted to have as my email sign-up and all that kind of sorted out. So I don't want people to get overwhelmed with they have to have a website in place and the email list in place and the email gift in place and all that kind of stuff. has been important over time. But for me, the writing always comes first. But I always have some business goals as well. I mean, I've got a corporate background. So the money and connecting with people and I get so excited. I'm moving my hands around. And sort of building that social presence in the email list. Yeah, those are all some of my goals now, but they weren't at first. The creativity is always the primary driver of everything.
0: Yeah, totally. I have a different take, I guess, in that because I've always run a business. It's been a big part of my business. So for me to build up that email list and get pre-sales and get the interest there has always been part of it. However, writing for the sake of writing was the most important thing for sure. And getting that book out of my head and into the hearts and minds of others was super important with the suitcase entrepreneur and figuring out all the other things as you go. But for those people who are listening, who don't have an audience yet and wanting to start from scratch, it's awesome to hear the way in which you've done it, Julie, which is really, really cool. And there's so many different ways you can approach it. I also have a friend who's a very well-established author, Dan Norris, who I've interviewed in my Write Your Damn Book course. And I just noticed he put out a new book the other day, no fanfare at all. One email, hey, I've just written this new book. It's on Amazon. Nothing, like nothing <laughs> else. And he has a large emailing list now. He didn't always, but he's also a prolific writer of content and he just created it, put it out there. And I actually quite liked that lack of fanfare. There were no bonuses. There was nothing. there was just like, go and read this really useful book. <laughs> so I just love that you can do it your way, depending on what your goals as well and how you want to go out there and, and make it into something for you there's just no one right way. And that's
1: what I like. And you can do a launch like that. You could do a really simple launch. And for my latest book, I did kind of a soft launch for my ebook. And then I did a kind of a relaunch when the print book was available. So like there's different ways you can do it. My favorite thing, I think I write books now just so I can do unboxing videos. So I can't <laughs> wait until I get my few print copies and then I can unbox it and then like do a little video on it. And I absolutely love doing it. And
0: it's kind of marketing as well. Isn't it great? It is. And it's super <laughs> exciting to re- received the fresh print version of your book in the mail because you never know like it's always a little bit of a is this going to look shite or is this going to look amazing because you do it on everything I do is online and Mm -hmm. and you see
1: the colors online but you're just not sure how they're going to translate into mm. the real world so the viewers uh, the listeners can't see this but that's my your
0: awesomeness feel in yeah. control and be your best self in this banana pants crazy world i love it uh, and just so a big banana I'm yellow and i was like oh nah let's just right. go for it. <laughs> i love it so that's the latest book let's Excellent. start talking a little bit more about your pivot into self-help and i guess personal growth what made you want to start writing more on that and leave the parenting aspect to what you've done
1: So what happened is a few years ago, I turned 40 and I was still writing in the parenting niche. And I did in the 12 months in the year that I was turning 40, I did 40 things on my bucket list. And then I was like, I feel like I can't write about this. I can't blog about this. And then I was talking to someone and they're like, why aren't you writing about the most exciting thing that's happening to you, which is doing 40 things on your bucket list? And so I started pivoting over to self-help. And actually the first book I wrote in self-help was called Crappy to Happy. And then I wrote Bucket List Blueprint, um, which is basically just a blueprint of how you write your bucket list with a little bit of my story of doing 40 things on your bucket list in one in one year so and that's what I want to tell people like you can make mistakes and change and iterate and that's what's so great about online business and writing
0: Yeah, you really can. I love that. So let's dive into some of those because why is it good to create an apocalypse bucket list? (laughs) I do also know of so many people who've done some great bucket list challenges and it really does seem to motivate people to do more than they've ever done before with a real purpose behind it. So talk us through why it's a good idea.
1: Well, the apocalypse bucket list is a sort of a special one for these banana pants crazy times where I just want people to write down what they're really missing and I think people will find out that what they're really missing is not maybe all the kind of trivial things that they might have thought they were missing and maybe more that they're missing is as for me my apocalypse bucket list was really simple things when we were in our strict lockdown here in New Zealand was walking along my favorite beach because we weren't supposed to go too far out of our local area so I couldn't walk along my favorite beach was hugging my mum, was going to my favourite burger place because all restaurants and takeaways were shut down here. And so Apocalypse Bucket List really gets you down to focusing on what is truly important to you. And I think a, a normal bucket list does that as well, but then you can get a bit more extravagant on a normal bucket list. Overall, bucket lists are great because we have six human needs and two of our main needs are certainty and variety. And a bucket list gives us both of those needs, right? Mm -hmm. We've got certainty because we're writing down exactly what we want to do, but we've got variety because there's a variety of things we want to do. So a bucket list meets our human needs. And I think now, of course, orders are closed, you can't travel as much, but nothing is stopping you writing down a bucket list.
0: Mm -hmm. And putting a whole lot of variety of things that you can do on it, including online things, even if you can't get outside and do all those things that you normally do. I think it does get you to think really creatively about, what matters to you? What's important? What would give you some more fun in your life? Gets you to be a little bit playful and really think outside the box. So, yeah, I love that. I mean, I thought, at least a dozen, probably over half the things on those forty
1: things that I did were under fifty dollars, and at least at least a dozen of them are free. So. Like you don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah, Yeah, that's true.
0: And, you know, you can get your friends involved as well and they come along on the ride. They can challenge you to some. I know of other people who have allowed people to put items on their bucket list as a bit of a challenge. You talked about the six human needs, which is so awesome in that certainty aspect. But I know that during this pandemic, there's been whole heap of uncertainty and change and one constant in life is change right I love embracing change but I think this year in particular has been maybe a little bit too much for too many people so how can you actually feel in control and be okay with not being in control during these banana pants crazy times yeah which I'm sure we've got a lot more of
1: (laughs) yeah I don't know if I would have written my latest book if it wasn't for the pandemic and that's exactly what my book goes into so I think we need a good balance of feeling in control, but also feeling okay when we're not in control. So feeling in control, first feeling okay within yourself. So feeling okay within your body and feeling okay within your mind. And I resisted this for so long. I resisted this for so long. But it's being nice to yourself and being kind to yourself and liking and loving yourself. Because you you need some sort of stable core to start with, right? And that's got to be you because who else is it going to be? So that's a good start. And if that's a little bit too much, and I know it's hard for people, it was hard for me. All my research pointed to this and I still did not want to write about it. Then also, in addition to that, just setting up some systems and habits that really ground you every day. Whatever it is, taking a few deep breaths, making your bed in the morning, having a very healthy breakfast, doing a gratitude practice at night. Something that grounds you, something that just makes you feel
0: like anchored into the day.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Anchored. That's a good word. And then you've got to feel okay about not being okay because everything is in flux. Everything is weird and strange and surreal. And actually that's great because nothing is normal anymore. So you don't have to abide by the normal rules anymore. I'm not telling people to go out and loot and plunder, but I'm telling people that you've got to
0: work out what, what is the most important things to you. Embrace those, celebrate those. I think there's a lot in that actually just being okay with the uncertainty because the more you try and resist it and control it and yeah, really try and put some structure around it, the scarier it is when it's not happening and that you can't control it. And then the biggest thing that people have a fear of is losing control. Yet as a free spirit who's traveled the world, and I know you've kind of got a free spirit as well in there, I think it's one of the most beautiful things is just releasing that and not trying to control it and just be present in the here and now and just be happy with that and being super present to that is also another great way to get past all the worrying about the what-ifs and the might-bes and the oh my gosh if this happened because you can't control any of that and it's incredibly soul-destroying to worry about things that are well out of your control there's so much that's actually in your control and you've got control of every single thought
1: that you think So you don't have control of what's out there, but you have control of your reactions and your response of what's in here. We don't think we do. And we've got some habitual um, thought patterns. We've got some
0: learned things that we just don't even notice, but it's just about taking that step back. Yeah, definitely. Catching some of those subconscious thoughts that aren't serving you and rewiring that. Yeah, definitely. So another thing that I'd love to talk about, you have some tips to help us be rebelliously happy during dark times and I think a lot of people could just really do with that right now so what are some of those tips without giving all of them away I just really (laughs) love the way you phrase that
1: yes I I call it being rebelliously happy and I really do want people to feel whatever emotion they're feeling but I don't think we really need to dwell on negative emotions forever let negative emotions be like a stub toe Like it really hurts for a while, really hurts. And then the pain subsides and then you can't even remember it. So feel whatever sort of negative emotions you've got and then do whatever you can to bring yourself back up because you're the only person that can actually make yourself happier. So anything you can do to make yourself laugh and Lisa Nichols calls filling your cup up till it overflows onto the saucer. So for me, that is definitely play, any kind of play. And I talk about this in one of my books, Rediscover Your Sparkle. Adults forget to play, right? And I, I sure thought, do. <laughs> and I don't mean play like playing catch in the park. That's not really me. But for me, it was reading novels. Like I just stopped reading novels. I started just reading nonfiction because what's the point of reading novels or whatever? So for play, play for me was reading novels. So I really want people to find what they think is the indulgence that they don't have time for mm. and do that thing. Yeah, And then there's a whole lot of other things, I just touched on them before, that can just add a little bit of sparkle back into your day, like looking at the moon and taking a few deep breaths or looking at your children sleeping and taking a few deep breaths. Cuddling, cuddling your dog.
0: Yeah, cuddling your,
1: your dog. dog. Cuddling, <laughs> yeah. Doing a gratitude practice at the start of the day, at the end of the day, I always wake up and thank my beard. So I just go, thank you, beard, which is something I learned from Louise Hay, the publisher of the owner of Hay House. And we always do a thank you around the dinner table. And that's just a general thank you to the fact that we have food on the table, that someone has prepared a meal. And then just doing anything else that sort of sparks joy. I get a lot of guidance from my kids who
0: find the fun and joy in everything. So yeah, they really do. Yeah, very cool. And I think what you said before about you control your emotions and your thoughts is so, so powerful. I was actually just having a giggle internally because I was like, if you are in the doldrums or if you're in one of those what I call suck it up princess moments where you're just wallowing or having a moment actually stubbing your toe would probably be a potentially really great idea if nothing else because they'll take you away from that moment <laughs> go, Ow! Um, get you out of the doldrums and focus on how do I get rid of the pain but a more pleasant thing would be as you just said I love personally getting up and dancing I like playing hide and seek sometimes and scaring my partner and my friends not <laughs> jumping out from behind a place I love having a good old rough and tumble with the dogs and just enjoying their pleasure. And I appreciate nature like crazy. And I know with lockdown for people around the world who are in various states, it's maybe less likely, but you can watch nature. You can watch documentaries. You can listen to meditations with sounds of the ocean, of birds, everything. So there are ways to get your nature fixed, which I find incredibly grounding. Even just standing out in some grass is an incredible way to just get back to mother earth and just let all the stress release and all the other worries release and just take it back to being present right now, which is ultimately the key thing that we keep coming back to here. Happiness is being present in that present moment and just being accepting of where you're at and totally grateful for that.
1: Mm, Yeah. You touched on it. Like, as soon as you start having all these negative thoughts in your mind, get out of your mind. So yeah. somehow get into your body, doing the dancing or the mm-hmm. playing games, hide and seek, action things, or get into your senses, like smelling, feeling mm-hmm. nature, or focus on something else like your pets or being kind to someone. It's really important to just get out of your head.
0: <laughs> totally. It sounds so easy, but I honestly think it is because we are fully responsible. Like we are fully responsible beings. I always remember Tony Robbins just saying, just snap your fingers or jump up. Or literally, even if it's the last thing in the world, you feel like, yeah, just jump up with a big grin on your face. And it's surprising when you're grinning at yourself, even though you don't feel like it at all, how it slowly takes over your face and you then literally are smiling from ear to ear. So yeah. these are all brilliant states that just change your state, change your state. Yeah, with a,
1: change your state. Yeah. Um, so important. I went to a couple of his seminars and I went to one of his seminars and he says he does a thing where he changes his state every morning, which is jumping into a freezing cold plunge pool. Mm. And and I thought, oh, so you're Tony Robbins, this is easy for you. And he said, every morning, it's hard for him to do that. Every morning, he has to get out of his head Mm -hmm. and then just get into his body and jump into that pool. And once he's done it, then he's done it. But I thought, oh, good. If Tony Robbins finds that
0: sort of stuff hard, then like it's not easy, but it's the right thing to do, right? Yeah, it makes a huge <laughs> difference as well. Yeah, but it's this, that. I mean, nobody likes it. It's like turning your shower into cold. It always feels <laughs> amazing after you've done it. But you know, when you turn it and you're like, oh gosh, here it is. Here it comes. It's like, <gasps> um, but it's so <laughs> enlivening and amazing. So yeah, all the things that are hard to do or worth doing are often not easy but they make a huge difference. So I love that you pointed that out for sure. With the books that you've written, what's your kind of mission or your endeavor? Like, I think it's really lovely the purpose that you have behind your books, and I'd love for you to share it with the listeners, because that actually brings back to me your why, why you do what you do is super important to guiding you and giving you the energy and the motivation to keep turning up every single day after you've thanked your bed to jump out of it and to go off and do this and write in your instance and also be a great mother and a great partner. But what is your (laughs) why behind all this that's really come through for you in the last five years and how much does it drive you?
1: Why I write the books is I just write them for me to remind myself what's important. Like I got to a stage where I had everything that I wanted. Like I had the house and I had the husband and I had the healthy, happy kids. And then I was like, why aren't I that happy? So that's taking me on the journey of like, oh, you have to actually – be rebelliously happy. You have to build happiness. You have to try to be happy. Being happier is harder than not being happy. And I think I'm just driven by a lot of curiosity. I just love learning. I love deep diving into topics And I have to say some of my books, like I've written them all for me, but some of them I've written because I've told people, we were talking about accountability before this call started, (laughs) and I told people I'm going to write a book on a particular topic and
0: then they're expecting it. So (laughs) that's what happened. Powerful, it's a powerful motivator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So the purpose behind it is just to spread a bit more fun, love and energy in the world. So
0: I actually really love that. And I really love your refreshing honesty on that because More of us should be doing stuff for us first in a good way because it brings out the best in us when we put ourselves first and we place that priority on us to then do our best work for others and serve them. And by you going, this is for me actually because I want to understand happiness and how to be a better person and live my best life, it's ultimately going to have a ripple effect in other people's lives. So I really appreciate that. If everybody's always doing stuff for other people, it can just get incredibly draining. You'll turn around one day and go, why have I done all this stuff for everybody else in my life rather than me? So I love that you're doing that already. Awesome to see the inverse of how that affects people and still gives them joy and happiness through your actions. So very cool. Thank you so much. I mean,
1: I don't want to turn this into a job. I want to turn this into something I'm still enjoying, right? Like the enjoyment of the creativity has to come first.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, 100%.
0: Where can people find out more about your sparkle, joyous, rebellious, banana <laughs> pants, crazy work? And where can they shout out and say thank you for being on the podcast? So just look for me anywhere, Julie let That's like school with
1: an ER. Um, I'm on the socials. I always say hi, just email me, Julie at Schooler. And at the moment, the rediscover your sparkle ebook
0: is free everywhere. Just go and Excellent. have a look for it, download yeah. it. Yeah. Love it. That sounds like a great book for people to be diving into. Yeah. Year. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Julie. Head across to julieschooler.com and grab your free ebook for Rediscover Your Sparkle if that is where you feel you are at right now and what you need to do. Also give this some love on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever, rate and review. It really, really helps. And especially because we're in the new year now, I'd love for you to just take that moment to say, you know what, Natalie, I've been listening to the Untapped podcast for quite a while. I get a ton out of it. I love your guests. I love the stories. I love the interviews. I love your solo episodes. And I'm going to go and share that love and rate and review you. It really, really does make a difference, especially now we're in the right category, which used to be health, which was really weird. Anyway. I trust that you're going to go ahead and tap into your potential, get paid to be you and make the income and impact that you deserve out in this world. One more way that you can do that if you're inspired by both Julie and I's stories on how we got our books out into the world is you can write your own damn book in 30 days or less with my course, Write Your Damn Book. Head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash write. It's W-R-I-T-E to check it out. Other than that, have an amazing day and go and be the best version of you.